1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 says, Be filled with the Spirit. And in the Greek, it's in the present tense, meaning be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, the disciples were filled with the Spirit multiple times. It wasn't a one time event, they were filled. And then they were filled again. And then they were filled again.
1: As a believer, you aren't saved, filled with the Spirit, and left to just coast on the power of that one event till you join Jesus in heaven. When you accept Jesus, you're stepping into a life of nearly constant repentance and renewal. As Pastor Dan continues our study of the book of Zechariah in today's message, He'll explain that the filling of the Holy Spirit is something we need on a day-to-day basis. It's not a one-time thing. It requires diligently seeking Him with an open heart. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Zechariah chapter 4 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: chapter 4, right before Malachi and Matthew. I love to hear the pages of your Bibles turning. Seems to be more people turning on this side than this side. (laughs) So either the people over here didn't bring a Bible or they know how to get to Zechariah a lot faster than you guys over here. So who knows? All right, let's pray and we'll get into it tonight. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you so much, Lord, for your word and how you speak to us out of it. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher tonight. We pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word this evening. Lord, we pray that your word would would land on good soil in our hearts tonight. Lord, I pray and ask that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word this evening. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, just as a little bit of a review, remember, Zachariah was one of the post-exile prophets Uh, He prophesied to the remnant of Jews that had returned to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple uh, for the worship of Yahweh, for the worship of Jehovah there in Jerusalem. Uh, In the book of Zechariah, Zechariah was given eight visions from the Lord that he shared with the people. And these visions were intended to encourage the people, that remnant, who were there in Jerusalem working to rebuild Jerusalem. The, the temple and do the work of the Lord. Uh, in chapter four tonight, we have his fifth vision. In verse one, it says Now the angel who talked with me came back and wakened me as a man who is wakened out of his sleep. Now we've seen this angel with the previous visions. This angel serves as kind of an interpreter for Zechariah. Explaining these different visions that he receives. Uh, and with this vision, the angel awakens Zechariah out of his sleep. Uh, maybe Zechariah was exhausted from all of the previous visions that he received from the Lord. Uh, in the book of Daniel, and Daniel chapter 10, Daniel indicates that uh, the visions that he received left him very weakened physically, it wiped him out physically. And so that could be the case here with Zechariah or it could just be that he's sleeping. And this angel who talked to Zechariah awakened him and said, "What do you see?" <laughs> and so I said, "I'm looking, and there's a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it, and on the stand seven lamps with seven pipes" to the seven lamps, two olive trees are by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other at its left. And so I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? And then the angel who, took, who talked with me answered and said to me, Do you not know what these are? <laughs> and I said, No, my Lord. And so he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And you can stop right there and give me your attention. Zechariah here in this vision, he sees a lampstand, a lampstand like what would have been in the tabernacle in the days of Moses and what later would have been in Solomon's temple. Uh, There was a, a, a lampstand in the tabernacle that Moses built, and then Solomon actually placed 10 lampstands in the temple that he built. In the tabernacle, the lampstand was the only source of light, and the lampstand was supposed to burn continually and never go out in the tabernacle, later in the temple. Every morning and every evening, the priests were instructed to trim the wicks of the lamps and add olive oil to keep the fire burning continually. Keeping the lampstand burning continuously was very labor-intensive. It required constant work. It required constant attention from the priests. Uh, If you're taking notes in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 3, we're told there was a point in Israel's, Israel's history when Eli, the high priest, neglected his duty and allowed the fire of the lampstand in the tabernacle to go out. And it was symbolic of what was happening in the nation spiritually. The fire, the light of Israel was going out nationally in the days of Eli, the high priest. The the lampstand was symbolic of several things. First, it was symbolic of the nation of Israel. God intended Israel or the Jewish people to be a light to the nations. That's why the light was to never go out. It always was to burn. Israel was supposed to be a light, a continual light to the Gentile nations. That's also why God placed Israel at the crossroads of the ancient world. The land of Israel sits right at the intersection of the continents of Europe, Asia, And Africa, those three continents are connected by the land of Israel. And that's where God put his people right at the crossroads of the world to be a light for God to the nation, to the nations. And so the lampstand is a symbol of the nation of Israel. The lampstand is also a symbol of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the light of the world. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus is the light of the world. Before we knew Jesus as our Savior and Lord, we walked in darkness. And we didn't even know we were walking in darkness. Then we heard the gospel message. We heard about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the light of Jesus Christ shone in our hearts And we received him. And now we no longer walk in darkness. We walk in the light. And Jesus is the light of life. And so the lampstand is a symbol of Jesus Christ. The lampstand is also a symbol or symbolic of the church. The church. And remember, the church is not the building. The church is believers. Believers in Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said to his disciples, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus said to his disciples, to believers, you are the light of the world. And in the Greek, it's emphatic. And what that means is when Jesus says you are the light of the world, he's saying believers are the only light in this world. We're the only light in this world that God has placed in this world. Like Israel of old, Christians are the only light for God in this world. And God intends for us to let our light shine in this dark world. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 15, it says we shine as lights in a world filled with crooked and perverse people. We shine as lights and a crooked and perverse world. And so the lampstand is symbolic of Israel. It's symbolic of Jesus and it's symbolic of the church. There was a lampstand in the tabernacle that the priests had to maintain morning, morning and evening and keep it burning. But the lampstand that Zachariah sees in this vision is different from the lampstand that was in the tabernacle. Look at verse 2 again. Above this lampstand was a bowl that had seven pipes feeding oil into each lamp of the lampstand. And on each side of the lampstand was an olive tree, one on the right, one on the left. The olive trees fed olive oil into the bowl, and the bowl fed olive oil into the seven lamps on the lampstand. So this lampstand and this vision did not require priests to maintain it. It did not require any human effort or any human work to keep it burning because it had a continual supply of oil from the two olive trees. Look at verse 4 again. Zechariah asked the angel, What are these, my Lord? What in the world is this? And the angel answered, don't you know what these are? And Zechariah answered, no, I I don't. This is why I'm asking you. (laughs) And so he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Remember, Zerubbabel was the governor who was in charge of rebuilding the temple. He's in charge of the building project. So this is a word to him. If you remember, as we've spoken before, uh, when this small remnant of Jews returned to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple, the city of Jerusalem had been completely destroyed and burned to the ground by the Babylonians more than 70 years before. And so they they returned to the ruins of a city that had been destroyed 70 years before. Just think about that. Seventy years have passed when they show up. What would that be like for us today? Well, imagine if there was a city in Europe that was completely destroyed by the Nazis during World War II and abandoned and never rebuilt, and we decide in 2022 that we're going to go to that city and find it, and we're going to rebuild one church that was located in that city before it was destroyed by the Nazis. That's kind of what this remnant is up against here. This is what they're trying to accomplish with the rebuilding of this temple. This this remnant is small in number. They don't have the manpower for the job. They don't have the resources or the supplies or the expertise or the knowledge or the skill. They don't have protection from enemies to complete this job. How are they going to get it done? If you remember from previous studies, it took two years just to clear the temple mount amount of debris and get the foundation put down in place. that, that, That alone took two years.
1: Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for
2: your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer requests with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it.
1: Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message.
2: And if you remember, also, the people became so discouraged and the work that they quit and they quit for 16 years before God sent Haggai, the prophet and Zechariah the prophet to stir them up to get back to the work. And so the question is, how will they ever complete this building project? The task is overwhelming. It's insurmountable. It's beyond their resources. It's beyond their abilities. How will they ever do it? Well, the Lord tells us in verse six. It's not going to be by might or power, but by the Spirit. By the Spirit. Now, the word might here, if you're taking notes, it refers to an organized force, an organized force or an assembled army. And the word power here, it refers to individual strength. And please, please listen to what I'm about to say. Please hear me. There are many Christians and there are many churches that use their own might and their own power to do the Lord's work. They try to. They rely upon their organization. They rely upon their planning and their expertise and their execution and their strategy and their strength and their force, if necessary, and their muscle and their ingenuity to do the Lord's work. The work of the Lord is not done by human might or human power. The work of the Lord is not accomplished by human organization or human strength or energy or effort or strategy or reliance upon worldly methods or worldly programs or worldly resources. Some would look at an overwhelming task like this and say, We need to organize work crews. We need to strategize how we're going to attack this project. We need to mobilize the people. We need to inspire the people. We need to work harder. That's what the world does. That's how the world tackles a big task. That's not how God wants us to do it. God accomplishes his work through the spirit. Through the spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 tells us that God intentionally calls weak people. And intentionally calls the foolish and the nothings and the nobodies. Not so you trust in your own strength and your own wisdom and your own power, but so that you will rely upon the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not by your might or your power. It's by the Holy Spirit. We don't need to attack the work of the Lord with better organization and strategy and manpower and marketing. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to be empowered by the Spirit. We need to be endued with power from on high. We need to be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't need more human power. We need more Holy Spirit power. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. We need the Holy Spirit empowering us. Not human strategy, not human wisdom. Not how, to, how does the world do this? That's not how God works. You know, oil in the scriptures is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. I want you to see this with this lampstand. This lampstand in this vision, it has a continual supply of oil. We have a continual source of power available through the Holy Spirit. We need to be continually filled, continually empowered by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter five, verse 18 says, be filled with the spirit. And in the Greek, it's in the present tense, meaning be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, the disciples were filled with the Spirit multiple times. It wasn't a one time event. They were filled and then they were filled again and then they were filled again. We need continual power from the Holy Spirit. There are many believers who who are quick to rely upon their own abilities and their own power and their own wisdom when God wants them relying upon the Holy Spirit. There are many believers in many many churches, sadly, who give no thought to the power of the Holy Spirit when doing the Lord's work. I've mentioned this quote before, but it's worth repeating. A.W. Tozer said, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. Listen, this, this, is, this is the main reason why people get burned out in the ministry. Because they are trying to do the work of the Lord in their own might and their own power. Instead of doing the work and the power of the spirit, we have an unlimited source of power available to us. Unlimited oil for the lamp, a divine supply of oil that's always flowing. And if the lamp is constantly filled with fresh oil, it will keep burning and shining and never burn out. And so, too, with us. So, too, with us. If I hear and I, I, I say this. And love, In But if I, when I hear a minister talk about I'm, I'm burnt out or I, I, I need a sabbatical, that tells me you've been doing the ministry in your own power. You've been drawing from your own resources. If we are constantly filled with the oil of the Holy Spirit, we will keep shining. The, the light will keep shining. The fire will keep burning. We'll never burn out because we're not using our own fuel. We're using the fuel that's provided by God. And this is this is the key here please understand this is the key to the Christian life this is the key to Christian ministry it's not by might nor by power but by the spirit now that's not to say we can be lazy but we rely upon the holy spirit to accomplish god's work and the holy spirit supplies the power the holy spirit supplies the fuel and we can just keep shining and keep burning for the Lord, because we're not using our own fuel, we're not using our own resources, it's all provided for us by the Holy Spirit. Zechariah 4.6 is a key verse that shapes how we do ministry here at Calvary Chapel. We try not to rely upon human might or human wisdom, that's obvious, I'm the pastor, right? Uh, or, or, or human anything for the ministry, But instead, to the best of our ability, we try to rely upon the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't force things in our own strength. We don't just make things happen that we determine we want to happen. We don't make things happen the way we want them to happen because this is what we want. We allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and we allow the Holy Spirit to empower us. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Now look at verse 7. Look how this works. Look at the flow here. Verse 7. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. You have any mountains that you're facing in life? And he shall bring forth the capstone of the temple with shouts of grace, grace to it. The rebuilding of the temple is like a mountain before them. The obstacles they face seem impossible to overcome. But the Holy Spirit will make that mountain a plain before them. The Holy Spirit will remove the obstacle. Again, if we do this in our own might and our own power, how are we going to get that mountain down? How are we over? How are we going to overcome that mountain? We got to have a strategy here. What resources do we have? No, when it's the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit just removes the obstacle. I'm reminded of the women who went to the tomb on the morning of the resurrection to anoint the body of Jesus. And as they're going to the tomb, they're having this conversation of who's going to remove the stone for us when we get there so we can get into the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus. And when they arrived at the tomb, the stone was already rolled away. The Lord God went before them and took care of it. And so often the Lord God goes before us and just removes the things that we worry about. Have you noticed that? When you're walking in the spirit, you're relying upon the spirit. What are we going to do about this? Are we going to work this out? What are we going to do about this mountain? And then you get there and the obstacle is a non-issue. It's been removed. And look at verse 7 again. Zerubbabel shall bring forth the capstone of the temple with shouts of grace. Grace to it. Have you ever attended a building dedication before? When you attend a building dedication... Those who were part of the process of building the building are recognized and commended for their work.
3: He asked me how I know I say truer than the finest crystal.
1: You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the Book of Zechariah. And he has more to share with you next time. If you have any questions or would like to talk to share a prayer request, we'd like to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab. Then click on Contact. Maybe you're looking for additional messages from this series. You can find them at calvaryec.com as well under the Media tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. If you'd like to submit a prayer request of something that's been on your heart, you can do that on our website as well. Just look under the prayer tab at calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe and to get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this Old Testament book of Zechariah. So be sure to join us again right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and
3: I recognize